Hello, and welcome to Dairy Defined. 2022 shaped up as a memorable year for the dairy economy with record milk prices and exports, even as farmer costs also reached new highs. But what does this year have in store? Joining us today is the full economics team, and we mean team, created last year jointly by NMPF and the U.S. Dairy Export Council. It's led by Will Laux, Vice President for Global Economic Affairs with NMPF and USDEC, along with NMPF Chief Economist Peter Vitaliano, Economic Research and Analysis Director Stephen Kane, and the team's newest member, Economic Policy and Global Analysis Coordinator Allison Wilton. I'd like to start with you, Will. Heading into 2023, what does the global economy look like and where does U.S. dairy fit into it? We're still in for plenty of uncertainty around the world. I think that's going to be the buzzword again. Obviously, last year was all about inflation. Inflation isn't going away in 2023. Uh, what we expect to see is perhaps not as high of inflation as we saw this past year, but it's still, if you take out 2022, probably going to be the highest this century anyway. So it's still going to squeeze consumers' pocketbooks. I think you've also got central banks around the world, including the U.S.'s Federal Reserve, raising interest rates trying to slow down inflation, but in doing so, slowing down the U.S. economy and the global economy. And all of that really hurts consumers' pocketbooks and checkbooks. And what that means ultimately for dairy is that we expect to see a little bit slower consumer demand. But ultimately, I think what we want to focus on here is the fact that consumers around the world still gravitate towards dairy even when they're experiencing tighter economic situation. They ultimately view dairy as an essential item and will continue to consume it, but likely they're going to trade down the value chain. Think less of your nice specialty cheeses, probably a bit more of your staples like cheddar and mozzarella and the like. So in this case, the inelasticity of demand for dairy becomes the industry's friend. Exactly. That's right. So ultimately what we expect is consumers they're still going to eat dairy really around the world, not just in the United States, but everywhere. But perhaps they're going to be looking for value where they can find it, finding deals. If anything's on sale, they might be gravitating more towards that. But ultimately, we expect consumers to continue gravitating towards those dairy product staples that they know and love. And this is really a global phenomenon. This isn't just what U.S. consumers are going to be doing. This will affect export markets as well. That's correct. And exports... Great story for U.S. dairy, um, taking up a greater share of milk, helping balance supply and demand. Stephen Kane, um, you've been watching this growth pretty closely. Could you drill down into some specific markets where U.S. dairy has some opportunities to grow in the next year? Yeah, first just touching a little bit on where we came from last year. Global trade dairy products last year overall down 4%, but the U.S. during that same time frame was up 4%. You know, so it's a really great testament to the U.S. resiliency in the export market when it's in a tough, uh, tough climate, but also just that we have great products and folks uh, around the world are wanting them. Um, and so for 2023, so what are we expecting? We're expecting to see some continued growth like we saw this year or, you know, where are we headed? Uh, you know, first, touch a little bit on Mexico, our big southern neighbor there to the south. Um, it's a major export destination for U.S. dairy products. Uh, you know, Mexico was hit pretty hard uh, with economic impacts of covid and really, over the last few years, they've been kind of working their way back gradually to trend. Um, I think we're going to see that continue to happen, um, especially not that dry milk and cheese. Uh, we've seen some pretty pretty strong growth over the last 18 months or so for both of those products. And the U.S., you know, we've got 
a market share dominance in the region. So whenever demand increases in Mexico, that is a direct benefit for U.S. dairy exporters. Um, you know, so nonfat kind of a little bit flat here over the last 18 months, but we've seen some more resurgence here over the last few months, which is really bullish. Um, exciting there for uh, exports going into to Mexico for that product. Uh, cheese, though, has really been uh, on a tear for growth over the last couple of years, up 40% from where they started in 2021. Um, and again, U.S. Uh, dominant market share holder there. So any major growth coming out of cheese in Mexico, uh, direct benefit to us. I don't think we're going to stay necessarily on that same dramatic growth increase, but uh, I think we'll continue to see some strong demand uh, for cheese coming into Mexico in 2023. Southeast Asia, this is a little bit a little bit different of a story. I'm not expecting to see a huge amount of growth here in 2023 for U.S. exports to the region. We saw some dramatic growth a couple of years ago, and we, we claimed a lot of market share dominance in the region. So for 2023, I still expect to see some incremental growth where we can get it. But I think the biggest story for Southeast Asia for U.S. exports is maintaining that market share that we've have clawed away from our competitors uh, and really growing where we can, but uh, maybe not as dramatic of a growth as we saw a couple of years ago. And these are all very positive stories for U.S. dairy producers. You know, you now see one out of every six gallons of U.S. milk somehow making their way to an overseas market. Of course, that still means five out of every six are being consumed domestically, which is pretty dominant. And, and I want to turn a little bit to the domestic front, Peter. The bulk of U.S. milk is still tied to the domestic market. What trends are we seeing in these areas and how do you see farmers responding? Well, one of the dominant trends is milk production is increasing at the moment. Um, Normally that's a dog bites man kind of story, but what's unusual is that we've just, uh, just a few months ago, we came out of one of the longest ever periods in which US milk production in total was down below its level a year earlier. And that tightening of milk production is what gave us in many ways, the unusual circumstances we saw in 2022, for example, uh, milk prices in the country are going to average about $25.50 a hundredweight. Uh, that's $1.50 higher than the previous all-time average of $24 a hundredweight uh, that was set back in 2014. So what it, what that means, unfortunately, um, costs of product, producing milk were at record levels and took a lot of that high price away from dairy farmers in terms of margin. But enough producers then have been able to sort of weather that storm and are now finding it uh, advantageous to uh, take advantage of at least the, you know, the last portion of those relatively high milk prices and expand production. So U.S. production is increasing. And the big, the big question is how fast and how much it's going to be going up this year and what's going to be happening to costs. Um, the current futures are indicating we're looking at a, about a $3.50 lower average price in 2023 than last year. I think it may be a little bit more than that. Uh, the current indications are the costs are not going to come down um, quite as much, although they will be coming down. So uh, the key question is when and if to what extent those uh, the cost price squeeze affects dairy farmers and milk production. In terms of uh, domestic consumption, uh, that had been down uh, for a good part of 2000 uh, the last year. Uh, but uh, overall consumption of milk and dairy products has been increasing in the, in, the, in the domestic market. It is not increasing on a percentage basis as fast as exports, but I think on an absolute basis, I think the, uh, 
the current situation is such that the actual volume of increased milk consumption in the domestic market, even though it's five times as big, is uh, about the same as the increased consumption in the last couple of years uh, in the domestic market. So in a sense, both markets are doing their part to increase consumption. The eternal question is always, will milk production keep pace with that increased demand or will it outrace it as it tends to do? And that has a big effect on prices. So it's kind of a, right now it looks like uh, it's going to be a reasonably decent year, although, although margins will be tight for dairy producers. We'll hope that the uh, the export market continues to uh, to give the superior performance and the domestic market uh, sort of goes along at its usual rate of, of keeping up with population growth and uh, some additional uh, gains, con continued gains in consumption per capita. Turning to Allison, newest member of the team. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. A fun fact about Allison is she continues to be actively engaged in farming. Um, when you go back to your family ranch in New Mexico, helping out um, with what needs to be done and, and keeping in touch, frankly, with producer community um, in agriculture. What should a dairy farmer be keeping in mind when they're looking at the dairy economy that Peter's describing and figuring out what to do? So I come from a beef cattle ranch, so there's a little bit of difference, but there's still a lot of carryover. Um, I think looking as they weigh their um, prices and their costs, as Peter was talking about, I think they need to keep in mind some some risk management strategies to protect their margins and protect their incomes. There's several strategies that they can utilize, such as using the futures market to hedge their input prices. There's programs such as the dairy margin coverage, DMC and livestock gross margin, LGM for dairy that they can protect their margins against rising feed costs, or if the milk prices fall, it protects against that as well. And then there's also the Dairy Revenue Protection Program that helps to ensure against uh, unexpected revenue declines. Uh, so there's a few, a few ways that, that farmers can prepare for the upcoming year, uh, regardless of what it holds, and to protect uh, against any unforeseen circumstances as they, as they move into the, into the year and moving on. Thank you, Allison. And, and thanks to everyone um, on this team for insight. Uh, and, and while we're here, let's talk about the team a little bit. Um, Will, uh, this is a new entity we have here. Um, when I came to NMPF just four short years ago, the economic staff for NMPF was basically an army of one, a formidable army, but still an army of one. And now we have this whole group of people here being able to give economic insight and analysis. Tell us about what's been developing in the economics front in dairy these days. Yeah, happy to. Uh, I joined just about four years ago as well, uh, Alan, with on the U.S. Dairy Export Council side. But I always had an office right next to Peter's. So I've been able to bug him for the past four years. And now we get to make it official that now I can uh, bug him uh, uh, on all kinds of issues, whether domestic or international. Uh, but a big part of this is increasing that collaboration between the U.S. Dairy Export Council and National Milk to kind of make our member and farmer dollars go farther. Uh, it allows us to have uh, complementary skill sets and expertise areas, whether that's Peter's knowledge of the domestic front or my knowledge of the export council front or Stephen being our Swiss army knife or Allison knowing the farm side as well as helping keep all the trains running on time. This team is really about kind of building out our skill set, our knowledge and what we can do for our members and farmers. And when did you officially unveil this team? 
So we officially joined and unveiled it at the NMPF DMI annual meeting uh, this past October. And since we have you all in one spot, I want to try something that we don't usually do here, um, but it might be of value to our audience. We're going to do a lightning round. I know economists hate making prognostications, but that's also what a lot of listeners come for. So I'm, I'm hoping you can do your best. We're going to throw a few topics at you, just some quick takes about what we might see in, in 2023. Dairy prices in 2023, up, down? Down, as I mentioned. I'm with Peter, down, yep. at least yep. in the first half and then a recovery in the second. How about production? Up. Up. Steven, you want to elaborate? Yeah, well, just just by pure math numbers, I think we're we're necessarily going to be up for sure in Q1 and into Q2, uh, just on pure cow numbers alone. In November production numbers, we have 38,000 head more in November than we did in November of 2021. And as we move into 2023, um, that, that gap is going to persist. Uh, so just on cow numbers alone, I think we're going to be up. Um, but then as we move into the back half of the year, again, I think we'll just continue to uh, see some increase in productivity. Um, and with those higher cow numbers, I think overall we're going to see uh, milk production be up in 2023. And it's worth noting we almost always have productivity growth from dairy farmers who continue to get more and more efficient. We always see gains in pretty much every month of liquid milk per cow, uh, as well as the components in each uh, hundred weight of milk. Turning to exports, we've had uh, a couple record years coming here. Um, are we going to see another record in 2023? Value, volume, yes, no, and why? I'll say yes, uh, and, and I'll, I'll go on the record for this one, so uh, y'all can call me out on it if, if we end up being wrong. But we've had three straight years of records for volume. We've had two straight years of records for value. I think we will get another record year for volume, uh, especially if we see that milk production growth that we're expecting, as well as, you know, we continue to see demand growth overseas. Uh, the big question to me is if prices do dip, then we may not see the same growth in value this year. Uh, and that record may be harder to sustain. But overall, I think we'll see a good uh, record year for volume. Finally, some best case and worst case scenarios. What factors could make this a better year for dairy farmers than expected? And, and what could be something that could actually make it a little tougher than we're thinking right now? I'd say the biggest variable right now um, in terms of toughness for dairy farmers, which means milk prices and margins, uh, would be the, the rate at which milk production expands this year, because it's, it's a commodity industry and supply and demand set the price. It is, as, as Allison mentioned, um, there are risk management options dairy farmers can take. And uh, when prices are coming down, it's not a bad time to do that because the futures markets tend to be conservative. They tend to forecast about where things were over the last several months. And we're <clears throat> last several months have uh, been very high prices. So the futures markets reflect that. So locking in those prices may actually prove advantageous compared to where prices actually move. Uh, as we as we go forward throughout the year. I'll agree with Peter on supply, but I actually might take not so much what U.S. dairy farmers do, but what farmers around the world are doing in terms of milk production growth. Uh, these past two years, we've seen really weak milk production, particularly out of New Zealand, as well as the European Union, although Europe's milk production has started to come on a little bit stronger as of late. Uh, but I think that's going to play a major role overall in that big global supply and demand. But I do think demand is going to matter a whole lot. 
especially given the economic headwinds uh, that we're facing, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I think China uh, is going to be a big, big toss up here in 2023 for global demand. You know, they're they're pushing 30 percent of all globally traded dairy products. They've been down significantly over the last 18 months. Um, so moving into 2023, I think uh, if you'd asked me a month ago what I thought Chinese demand was going to look like in 2023, I'd say probably a little iffy, but I'm a little more bullish now that they've started to relax some COVID restrictions, uh, let folks quarantine at home, um, relax some of the, the movements throughout the country. I think that's all bullish for dairy demand. I think we'll see a lag before we see some really increased exports to the country as kind of the, the service sector ramps back up. But uh, I think that's going to be a, a big piece as well for global trade is whether or not or how strong China comes back uh, in 2023. I mean, risk management, it's going to help uh, against anything that comes in the works. Uh, if it's an unexpected black swan event, we've had a lot of those over the past three years. It'll help to especially since we've had those historical high prices in the futures market is, as Peter said, very conservative. A lot of these programs are based on the futures market um, and help to protect those margins. If there is something unexpected that happens, farmers have something to fall back on, have an insurance um, or a program that kind of has their backs in those situations. Uh, so that is definitely something that a lot of farmers need to look at. Uh, when looking at their bottom line going forward is to consider those programs as as part of their uh, management strategies moving forward. Any final thoughts? I would just say I, I, I wouldn't fully agree that economists don't like to prognosticate. They, <laughs> they, uh, it's part of their job. They're good at hedging <laughs> and making sure they're not held fully accountable, but they will make predictions uh, uh, freely. I like to say an economist's favorite answer is, it depends. You've been listening to NMPF and Usdex Economics Unit, Will Laux, Peter Vitaliano, Stephen Kane, and Allison Wilton. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Alan. And that's it for today's podcast. For more of the team's work, you can go to the U.S. Dairy Export Council's website, usdec.org, where you can see many recent publications, including last week's trade data summary. And you can subscribe to NMPF's monthly dairy market report written by Peter Vitaliano at nmpf.org slash subscribe. And for more of the Dairy Defined podcast, you can find and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music under the podcast name Dairy Defined. Till next time. Mm -hmm.